it's your girl Rebecca here, and you're listening to Jess Gooley Things. Woo! Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back. I'm your bootyful host, Rebecca, and today is episode seven of Quarantine Spooky Story Special Time. Whoop, whoop. I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes because I really do enjoy taking time out of my quarantine day to make these. Um, and the reason why I even started with these spooky story specials was I was already reading these scary stories online because I like to get my spooky fix whenever I have free time. And since I clearly have a lot of free time now, I thought, why don't I share it with my boo things? So, um, yeah, what I typically do to those that are new to the podcast for this special only, um, every day I post an episode with 10 paranormal stories that I find online and I pretty much just skim the story and if it looks pretty decent I'll put it in but I don't actually read the story until I'm live so you know I tend to sometimes flub my words because it is live like I'm not I'm not faking any of my reactions it's not like I know it's coming with these stories like I want this to be as authentic as possible for you guys um so yeah um I'm actually pretty surprised this has been as, as successful as it is because I I was kind of worried that I'd skim a story and then it really fucking sucked and I'd have to be like, oh, yeah, oops. But knock on wood, that hasn't happened so far. So let's keep the positive vibes going. Oh, you know what? Like I'm starting today specifically, I started to feel this quarantine start to really weigh on me because... I, you know, some of you guys may know, but I live with my boyfriend and so now we're around each other all the time and I love him to death and I don't mind being around him for this long period of time. I love spending time together. We've been doing puzzles and cooking together and working out together. It's great. But usually when I, you know, I still have to shoot content um, for my personal page. You can follow me at Rebecca Ruber because I work with different brands. And especially now, like fitness is actually really popular because a lot of people want to work out from home because they can't do it at the gym because obviously the gyms are closed. So a lot of like fitness brands such as like clothing companies or health food brands have been reaching out um, to implement their their products into my content that focuses on fitness and health. So I still have stuff I need to do, but typically I have my intern, Victoria, who's been a co-host on the show, do it for me, and she does a phenomenal job. She has the same eye as me. She's extremely creative. She knows what I want. And so I usually don't have to like explain to her in exact detail what I want. She just does it. And for Mike, so I needed to take a picture in this yoga outfit that I'm wearing. And this sounds like such a first world bitchy problem, but I need a vent. I never vent to you guys. So I'm going to vent here because this just happened. And I was like, Hey babe, can you like just take a picture of me outside, like in this yoga outfit? And it's overcast. So sometimes you can actually overcast weather is sometimes the best time to take pictures because the sun isn't absolutely glaring on you, but it's not too dark where you can't see your face. So obviously I can't see myself in my camera lens until after the pictures are taken. And he's like, okay, I took it, blah, blah, blah. I look at them. Every single one of them is blurry. My face is like super gray because the cloud was like covering my face and it was just a hot mess. We tried it two times. I'm like, you know what? I will just do this myself. And I could tell he was getting annoyed because I know he was trying and I appreciate it, but like it's, 
this is why I like to work with like a professional crew that knows what they're talking about because, you know, I, I, with everything that I do, I try to go 110%, even with this podcast, you know, like I don't make money off this podcast. I do it because I genuinely love what I do and I love what I talk about and I love connecting with all of you guys. Um, but even with that, like I still put in so much time and effort into this show because it really does mean a lot to me. And if my name's going to be attached to it, I want it to be the best representation of me as possible. So even though this is just like a little picture in the grand scheme of things, you know, it doesn't really fucking matter. I can get the picture tomorrow and, you know, do it how I need to. But, you know, I'm just like, damn, I'm starting to get short so much quicker than usual. And I think it's because I'm just stuck in the house. It was a little chilly today. It was raining on and off. It was kind of shitty. So you really couldn't enjoy the fresh air. So I think being stuck inside all day and just doing the same routine of wiping the same spots down and doing the same dishes over again. And, oh, we're going to have beans with this today. And, like, it's just so repetitive. And I just, I want things to get back to normal. I wish they would get back to normal before my birthday, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm kind of sad about that. But what are you going to do, right? We just have to make the best of it. So, and also I realized I didn't meditate today. So I think that also may be why I'm a little off. We'll blame it on the fact that I didn't meditate, okay? Not just the fact that I'm a bitch from being stuck inside all day, okay? Cool. That's what we're doing. All right. Circling back to why we are here in the first place, to listen to some spooky stories. So let's do it. All right. This first uh, story is titled... Let me pull it up here. We summoned a ghost with a nightlight. When I was younger, around the age of about 13 to 14 years old, I went to a a birthday sleepover with 13 or so other girls. We were in the basement, of course, and I had always, always had a fear of this basement. So we wanted to do something edgy, and we came up with the idea of a seance. Except we had no candle, so we used a cylindrical, vertical, rotating nightlight. I was pretty afraid, so I sat outside the circle with another girl. Girl, you smart. I believe that you can summon just using your words. So they did their little chant and asking some questions and nothing came of it, of course. So later in the evening, we split off into two groups, seven of us on the bed in the room, seven others on the couch in the living room. The doorway to the living room was located on the left with the door missing. The bed was on the right. So from where we were sitting, we could not see the couch at all. So I was in the bed in the bedroom chatting away. When we all slowly go silent and look at the door, there was a dark gray figure looming there, his face missing, but I got the feeling that he was grinning at us. We sat silently for a moment after he vanished. We got up from the bed and we went to the living room and before we could open our mouths about what we had just witnessed, the girls from the other room exclaimed, did you see that in the door? And they had proceeded to tell us exactly what it looked like. I'm not scared of ghosts anymore, but that just freaked me out. How did they know? It's not like the light was casted down there and just the bedroom light was on. And the leery presence of this grinning, joking entity will forever be ingrained in my mind and the minds of the other girls as well. See, and this is exactly... Why we don't go trying to conjure up spirits out of nowhere. I mean, why? 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 
Why, Jasmine? Why? (laughs) All right. Next story. One of the ghosts in my house loves to make itself known. The story begins. Okay. So I just moved in a week and a half ago to give some backstory. I live with my best friend and her family. Me and my best friend's rooms are in the basement. Her family has been here a little over a year. The house is creepy, like it's beautiful, but definitely off. So it's on top of a hill with a long, steep driveway. When they bought the house, it had cameras only on the inside, in the hallways, basement, living room, kitchen, dining room. And my best friend's room had a padlock on the inside. The couple who sold it sold everything. Um, it bought, they bought the TV, an RV, and left, which meant all of us thought it seemed a little sketchy, right? So since night one of them being here, my best friend has heard things at night after 1 a.m. We could clearly hear walking in the kitchen, and now you can hear every step a person makes. So if someone has gotten up and went into the kitchen, we'd hear them the whole way, but we'd only hear the walking in the kitchen itself. I was once on FaceTime with her, and the track lighting in her room started turning off one track, then the other, and then the third on its own. When I moved in, we decided to contact the ghost and we tried to get a Ouija board but couldn't find one. Good. So we decided on trying to use a pendulum to contact the spirit and it worked. I have a video of it. It answered our questions, yes or no, and told us that there are more than one ghost there. We were speaking to a female and she doesn't make the noises and didn't die violently. After that, the activity has picked up. We hear more bangs and footsteps. My phone starts playing music from an app that wasn't open. I hear deep breaths in my face as I walked into the dark living room. And last night, I heard someone walk from the kitchen where the back door is through the dining room, then through the living room to the top of the basement stairs, a.k.a. the quieter way to take when coming home late. So I just had assumed it was my best friend who was out, but... The walking stopped, and she just came home this morning. If this was someone in the house, I would have heard them walk both to the kitchen and back, not just back. So we think something happened in this house, and we would love some answers. Oh, my God. Okay, so this is like the second story I've read in in this series that you people need to learn grammar and you need to learn punctuation because like I said I skim these stories but I like to read them live so you can get my reaction and I feel like this is a really good story definitely has some creepy creepy elements to it but god I just have more of a headache trying to read this story oh my god but yeah I'm sorry house on top of a hill the people that previously lived there sold everything in the house to you guys, including the RV and everything. Now, no, there was some demonic stuff going on in there before you came there. The people, the owners of the house previously did something to fuck it up. They realized they fucked up. They left. They were like, nope, deuces. And now you guys are stuck with the problem. So I would seek, I would seek some professional paranormal help for sure. And no offense, maybe get a tutor to help with this grandma because this whole story 
This whole story had not one period in it. I wish I could show you guys. There was absolutely, this was just one run on sentence. I can't make this shit up. (laughs) Okay. Next story. I had a not so imaginary, imaginary friend. Some of this information I got from my mom as I was too young to remember all of it. From the moment I started speaking, I would tell my parents about Dodd. I was obsessed with him. I would tell everyone about him. I would talk to him. I'd play with him. My parents assumed it was just an imaginary friend. Lots of kids have them, and considering I'm the youngest of four boys, they guessed that my brothers didn't want to hang out with a little kid, so I had made my own friend. Oh, it began to escalate when my mom would find me, two or three years old, sitting alone in my room, having conversations to thin air, and responding as if someone had been saying something, nodding, listening, and laughing as if he had told a joke. I treated Dodd like he was a real person, and I really, genuinely believed he was. Part of me still does. I would demand Dodd to have his own seat and his own plate of food every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Anytime we left the house, I'd scream and cry if they forgot Dodd in the house. He had to have his own seat. He ended up having an entire toddler's car seat because I was so scared of him getting hurt. And he had to be picked up, set in his seat, and buckled in just like they did to me. My parents had a good talk to Dodd the way they talked to me or I'd get upset that they're ignoring him. Oh my God, God bless your parents. I have memories of Dodd, genuinely seeing Dodd with my own eyes. I'd swear on my life that he was really there to this day. He was about a foot or so tall, the size of a small child like I was, but he was pure white, mostly featureless, bipedal bear. He had no face. He had an outward bump where a muzzle would be and two indents where he should have had eyes. Okay, it's a little weird. He didn't wear clothes and didn't have real paws or hands. He almost looked like a gummy bear with round tapered hands and feet. Um, and no details whatsoever, but he was solid white and not transparent. He didn't speak verbally. It was more like I just knew what he was saying. I also don't remember him walking anywhere or moving at all, really, but I'd look away and look back and he'd be in a different place. I'd swear on my life, on everything, I know that he is in some sense real. I don't know how old I was exactly. I guess I I was around four or five. I went outside with Dodd because he wanted to show me something. He led me around the back of the house to a square panel of sorts that I had never seen before. It was like a tiny door, which uh, which was held with like a simple hook latch. I opened it, and inside was a concrete floor, a really low ceiling, and a dusty old red tricycle the classic little one you're probably imagining in your head. All right, creepy as fuck. (laughs) It was full of cobwebs and I couldn't see anything other than a tiny bit of the concrete and the tricycle because the sun was adjacent from where I was. I climbed in the little cubby hole and just sat there with my knees to my chest and I can still vividly remember seeing Dodd standing just outside the door to it facing me. I didn't know this spot even existed. I had no reason to. Who tells our toddler about a spooky concrete hole in the back of the house that's only accessed from the outside? Recently, I told my parents about that memory a few months ago, and they said they purposely didn't tell me or my brothers about it because if you go inside that area, about two feet in the concrete drops off down into open pipes, wires, and insulation, and since there's no access from the inside, it'd be really hard to find us if one of us fell in. Well, that's horrifying too. I didn't forget about Dodd for a single day for six years. I never let one of his meals go by. I never ignored him for a whole day. I never let us go on a car ride without him for six years. But eventually, we had to move houses. 
I live in the same house this whole time. And it was the final day we'd ever be at that house. And we were getting into the car to go to the new house. My mom picked me up, put me in the car and then turned to pick up Dodd and bring him too. When she did, I immediately started crying and angrily said, Dodd's not coming. I apparently stopped talking about Dodd altogether that day. And for years, I'd get extremely upset and angry if someone mentioned, if someone mentioned him around me. My mom told me she researched the house we had lived in, and there was a little boy years before that had died with, when a gas pipe bursted directly in his face. And as scary and as weirdly fitting for my faceless friend as that sounds, oh my God, I don't know if I buy into it personally. I was never afraid of Dodd, and I don't think of him as scary now. I think it's extremely strange, obviously, especially considering that he appeared as a featureless bear and he stuck with me for six years, much longer than most imaginary friends. I think it's mind-boggling that he brought me to a place in the house I had never been and that knowledge of it was deliberately kept from me. Sure, it could absolutely be some absurd psychological thing or it could be some strange kind of ghost spirit, but either way, I believe it and still think kindly of Dodd and no matter what he is, I'm grateful to have had a strange childhood friend. Oh, that's actually a really sweet story. And you know what? This is my theory on that. I do believe that your imaginary friend Dodd was the boy that passed away um, on the property X amount of years ago. And, you know, that would make sense why his faceless features. But maybe he comes in this friendly form of like a gummy bear, bear sort of thing because he didn't want to scare you. He still wanted to be your friend. But maybe coming to you in a gummy bear sort of childlike form would allow you to open up to him and not be scared by him. That's my theory. If you guys agree, if you had any imaginary friend experiences, email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to read them. I don't think I ever had an imaginary friend. I have to ask my parents, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. All right, next story. This story is titled, I saw my grandma who just passed away lying in my bed. (coughs) Excuse me. So my grandma passed away just two weeks ago. She lost her battle to cancer the sixth time she got it. So sorry for your loss. In her last few days, she was in hospice and on sleeping medication to make it uh, make her passing as nice and peaceful as it possibly could. I was there all the time as well as the time of her passing, and I always took as much care of her as I could, and I was really close to her. I saw a lot of things that no loved one was supposed to see, which weren't paranormal, but just painful to see in general. The days before and after she passed, I kept dreaming of her, that she woke up, that she passed another way, that I was talking to her, etc. I also kept waking up around 3 a.m. Hmm. Nothing happened the first few times, but then the third night, I think, I slept at my dad's because I was tired of being at my mom's place and arranging all the things for the funeral for a bit. I slept in my dad's bed with him because... My own bed was unmade and I was too tired to make my bed. I woke up again at 3 a.m. from another weird dream I had and turned around to wake him up. But when I wanted to wake him up, I saw my grandma laying there the same way as the moment she passed away. I was a bit scared, but it also felt peaceful, although the image of her laying like that was quite disturbing. I then closed my eyes and fell asleep just like that. After that, I had no dreams of her and didn't wake up in the middle of the night anymore. Does anyone have any idea as to what this means or is maybe my brain just too busy processing everything? I mean, we could go like the psychological route and say, you know, obviously in our dreams and especially going through a traumatic event like watching someone die, 
it can play out in your head continuously. Um, you may start to see things. But I do also think, on a, a more positive note, this was kind of your grandmother's last way of thanking you for being there the way that you were and kind of giving some closure to you and kind of giving that validation that she did pass away and that she did recognize that you were there when she passed and she appreciates that. So that's what I take from that story. It's a really, it's a sad but sweet story as well. Next story. Unknown family waiting on my doorstep. I saw this title and I was like, all right, I have to put this in because this already freaked me out. All right. This happened a few years ago when I was probably about 16 and I haven't spoke about it much as it still creeps me out for no real reason. I was home alone and it was a nice day. I decided to go out on the small front door and go for a walk. My dog didn't appear bothered and unusually didn't get up to come with me. She just stayed on her bed. I walked onto the porch, put my boots on, and opened the door to see a family. A man, woman, young girl, an old woman, holding hands, stood not quite on my doorstep, but just at an angle in front of the door, probably a few steps away, looking at me. This freaks me out as the door is quite hidden. I live in a church. And you have to consciously walk through the driveway and around the house to get to the door. Oh, hell no. Which always sets my dog off. They just look at me, deadpan, don't move, don't speak. I freak out, shut and lock the door and go upstairs to my room. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe two or three hours later, I decide to walk into the village to find my mom. I walk downstairs, past my dog, still docile, and look through the little window. The family, oh my God, the family haven't moved an inch. They're just stood there holding hands, silent, stone-faced. I feel like all the blood leaves my body. They're not doing anything or particularly odd-looking or threatening at all, but something just chills me so deeply, I freak, basically run out the big back door we barely even use. I don't lock it behind me, and my dog doesn't even come, and down to my neighbor's house. Um, no, it's not that... What do you mean they're not doing anything particularly odd or threatening? They've been there holding hands as a family, staring at your house for hours. I don't think that there is anything much creepier than that, to be honest with you. Um, so I get to the neighbor's house. She makes me a cup of tea. And my mom comes, and they both act like this is a totally normal thing and that I'm the one overreacting putting it down to curious walkers stopping to admire the house. But I think it is weird as my dog is very overly friendly and very loud and she greets everyone who comes anywhere near our house. So, I mean, the fact that the dog didn't even acknowledge them, nope, don't like it. I'm still a bit sick thinking about it, but I'll gladly say I've never seen them again, although I'm at home at the moment and remembering this freaked me a bit. <laughs> you have a total right to be freaked out by this because that is fucking horrifying that is like that's kind of like the movie what is it called us that the movie us where you have like the doppelgangers outside of your house and then you see them slowly start to get closer and closer to your house that kind of is what it reminded me of but whew, this was real life that's horrifying all right so this is the two-parter and the first part is titled going back home all my life, I have dealt with paranormal experiences. I head back home this week because my school quarter ends this Thursday. Anyways, my mom's current house and my dad's house, they're split, have both had their fair share of paranormal activity. 
in my mom's house since I lived there longer, I experienced way more over there. In my first bedroom, my cabinet would open on its own randomly, and it's not easy to open or close. Like, to open it, you need to have some strength. But randomly at night, it would open. So if I wake up from my sleep, I'll see the top cabinet from my closet open. Another experience is always seeing a girl standing in the corner, which is at the foot of my bed. Eventually, my brother moved out for college, so I got his room. I told my oldest brother about my issue in my first bedroom, so we put a camera in. We only saw her two different things, but on multiple occasions. First is orbs, not just one, but two. Sometimes it would be more than three or four flying around the room, and with the volume fully up, it sounded like faint footsteps inside the room. And lastly, probably the scariest thing caught on camera was only a noise. It was the sound of the cabinets in the kitchen opening and closing loud and fast. Keep in mind, no one was home at the time. In my brother's room, my now new room, I experienced some other things. First, random things would drop in my room, and when I get up to look, nothing is on the floor. Second, when I'm going to sleep, I hear footsteps coming from my TV to my side of the bed, and I'm unable to move. But I'm assuming that's sleep paralysis. On another occasion, I had sleep paralysis, but I could keep my eyes open and see a girl walking towards me. Then, all of a sudden, I was able to move when she got inches away from me. Lastly, I hear a whispering. So, this probably messes with me the most. One example of this continues to hear the whispers, and I'm looking around my room, but no one is there. It usually lasts a few seconds after waking up, but at the moment of hearing the voices, I am unable to hear anything else besides an inaudible whisper. It's like someone specifically getting into your mind to convey some sort of message to you. Since I've moved up for college, my oldest brother and mother have also experienced and seen what they assume are ghosts. I was just going to ask if this had ended on that note. I was going to ask if your family had any experiences, but let's read on. My mom hears something drop in my room, and sometimes hears a kid running up and down the hallway. My brother, on the other hand, who, keep in mind, is very scared of anything paranormal. Since I've moved, he would hear running in the hallway, cabinets in my first room opening and closing in the middle of the night. He has also seen a big black figure in my mom's room. Now my dad's house. This is where I sleep when I come back from college, but I don't like sleeping there alone. From a feeling standpoint, that house just feels evil to me. My brother had also had a friend who was more sensitive to this type of activity. When he went into the house, he just felt scared walking through the house, like he had been in my mom's house and can be in that house no problem, but now... He refuses to go back into my dad's house, which I understand because what I've gone through there really messes me up. At that house, what I normally hear, there are things dropping in the kitchen and a knocking on the door entrance at night. Other things I hear, there is a running in the house, not a light running, like a child running uh, or a child running, but like a heavy guy running full sprint through the house. Oh my God, wait. So let me reiterate to you guys, if that's not clear. It wasn't a light running like a child, but a full heavy ass guy sprinting through the house. That is mortifying. Something else is seeing an actual shadow of feet outside my door. Like seeing a dark shadow under the door. Lastly is seeing a black figure in the bathroom, which sucks because I use the bathroom a lot. Although the activity I experience at my dad's house is not on the same level as my mom's house, the presence alone just makes me feel so uneasy. But the one thing that messes with me the most 
is all this activity only happens when my dad is not home. Like if he comes home late or if he goes out for the week on business. These are just some things I've gone through. My very first house under the age of 13 probably has the most stuff happen, but nothing crazy. I may make a post on that as well, um, along with some experiences that my girlfriend has had in the houses. I'm curious to know what you guys think of my experiences. What do you think should be done? Both houses were blessed when first purchased. At least that's what my parents told me. Oh, I also forgot to add, I have seen the same girl throughout my entire life. But the girl I have seen in my room is different than the one I normally see. Even now in my apartment, I see the same girl. I have been told she is my protector or just a spirit who took a liking to me and attached herself to me. This is my first post. Thank you for reading. So that was an awesome story because that was just a million experiences in one. So before I say anything, because I feel like this person answered a bunch of questions already saying that the house is already blessed. Um, it seems like there's a, some sort of spirit, like a spirit guide or a guardian angel that's around him at all time. That's, that's a girl. So that's interesting too. Um, but yeah, let's read the second story and see what else they have to say. This one's titled Whispers and a Random Face. In my last post, I talked about my experiences of paranormal activity at my parents' house. In this post, I want to talk to you about some whispering that I've been hearing and a creepy face I saw. So this person previously had mentioned some whispering that they would hear when they woke up and things like that. So let's see if it correlates. Okay, so in my mom's house, I have heard whispering when I'm dreaming, which then turns my dream all black. Even after waking up, I can hear the whispering, like I just reiterated, but everything else is silent or mute. This never affected me, but now I remember when I first moved into my apartment, I would hear a whispering coming from my bathroom. I went to check it out, but didn't see anything, so I went back to my gaming. Anyways, what I'm curious about is what do you think the whispering represents? I am told I have a protector, so I'm curious if that's the protector trying to tell me or warn me about something. Completely logical. So now, on to the creepy random face. Oh, so let's cut. All right, let's talk about this girl. I definitely think it's a spirit guide. Um, clearly, you've never been freaked out or felt like this was a malicious spirit. So I, I definitely believe there's um, a positive message with that spirit guide. And um, I would just open yourself up more and be willing to try to communicate with this girl because maybe she is trying to tell you something. I'm not sure if it's positive or negative, but... You know, just be more be more aware of your surroundings with, you know, seeing that spirit guide. There, she's clearly there for a reason because I personally don't see my spirit guide. So clearly she's showing herself to you for a reason. All right. Back track. Now to the creepy random face. When I still lived at my mom's house and was still in my original bedroom, I had my girlfriend sleep over while my, my, while my mom was out of town. What happened was I woke up to a whispering in my ear, but I figured it was my girlfriend talking in her sleep. So I turned over to see if she was talking, but it wasn't my girlfriend's face. Oh my God. It was my girlfriend's body, but the face of a demon. Uh, okay. I can't describe the face at all, except remember it looked evil. Okay, so maybe the spirit guide is trying to warn you about this fucking demon. I stared for a few seconds, thinking it would disappear, but it didn't. So I rubbed my eyes and boom, still there. <laughs> oh my God. So I hopped up, turned the light on, and then it was gone. But my girlfriend's actual head 
was now turned away from me. I didn't want to lay back down until I saw her face was normal. So I kept the light on and she woke up. She's a very light sleeper. Her face was back to normal, but I sure couldn't sleep after that. This made me feel like my protector woke me up with her whispers to protect me from whatever was attached to my girlfriend. Ah, see, I said that, right? And I didn't even read this far. Or with me overthinking it, could be a witch or something of the sort that was trying to chant something, but the chanting woke me up before it could be completed. I like to think it's my protector, but at the same time, it would be interesting to know if it was a form of demonic chant. I definitely think it was your spirit guide trying to warn you um, to wake up, um, to make you known of this demonic presence that's around you. Definitely sage and bless your apartment, bro. 1000%. No judgment. We want you to be safe here. Buy that sage. All right. Next story. Grandma paying a visit. My sister-in-law worked in the paper route, and when her and my brother were together, he would let her stay over my grandma's house. My grandma passed away in 2003 in her house in the middle room. The front room next to the middle room used to be her main bedroom. So one early morning, my sister-in-law is sleeping in the middle room, and she's home alone. She wakes up, looks at the doorway into the hallway, and saw a lady walk by. She described my grandma. She would always wear her floral pattern button-up shirts, her short hair and glasses, so my grandma absolutely hates cats, and she would always tell me to shoo them away. Well, um, I guess I have some disagreements with your grandma, because I love cats. My first dream of her, she even told me to keep the cats away from the house. Oh my god, even after death, still does not like cats. That is a true-to-the-soul thing, I guess. With that being said, when my sister-in-law moved in, she brought her cat. What could possibly go wrong, right? A couple months after her experience, she let her sister spend the night in the front room. Her sister wakes up in the middle of the night and notices my grandma standing in the doorway just staring at her. Oh my God. <laughs> then the cat jumps on the bed, but instead of the cat's head... I'm sorry. But instead of the cat's head, it was my grandma's head. Her sister never came back to the house again. <laughs> what? That is the that is a roller coaster story. This was a short story, but that at the end, the fact that the cat's head morphed into the grandma's head. Your grandma is petty from the other side, and I'm so here for it. So funny. Okay. Next story is my scary experiences at my old apartment with a demon or evil spirit. As a precursor to this, when I was a kid, I never liked my parents' room too much because the closest uh, the closet door was always open and I always felt there was something standing in there or was a portal in that closet. So here are my experiences that I had with the demon or evil spirit. First experience. This was about several years ago at my old apartment that I used to live at. So one day I was home alone on a weekend or in the middle of the summer. I don't really remember, but I went to the kitchen to get some water and a snack. And I was, as I was walking back into the, my living room, I passed my parents' room and the door was slightly open and I hear a man's voice saying, get in here. As soon as I heard that voice, I ran into my living room. I opened my closet door that was in the hallway and sat down in my rocking chair to see if anything would peek their head around or something like that. But there was nothing. That mm, sidebar, that would not be my first idea. Let me open my closet door, sit in my rocking chair and see if something would come peek their head out around the door. No, my ass is getting the fuck out of there. 
But after sitting in my chair for a little bit, I realized that the sound um, sounded demonic in nature and that gave me chills. Yeah, even more of a reason to get the fuck out of that apartment. All right, second. This was about a couple of years ago when this happened. I was just about to go to bed trying to get myself comfortable. And this was about 11 o'clock at night on a weekday. And I was laying on my left side to see if I can get comfortable then. And about maybe 10, 15 minutes later, I started to feel something was off in my room. Like the atmosphere had changed and I was half asleep at this point. And I could hear a voice say, turn around and face me. By that point, I was like, no way am I turning around. And while this was happening, I started to visualize or it showed me what this thing was. And from what I remember, it was a man with a long beard, hair, horns, pointed ears and red eyes and I'm just trying to build my courage up to basically get this thing out of my room so I then start saying the our father and I point my hand out with my eyes closed because I didn't want to get possessed and started waving it around my room and then I hit one corner of my room and I pointed my finger and I heard it scurry off which gave me a sigh of relief knowing that this thing wasn't going to come back scurrying nope nope that apartment is canceled canceled no no i'm okay i have another request for our boo things if you have ever had a demonic experience how did you deal with it what were the what was the process you did to rid yourself of this demonic spirit if you feel comfortable telling us your experience, email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com because I'm really curious because I feel like I would I would say on this podcast, oh, I would do X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. And then if that actually happened, I would completely freeze. I wouldn't know what to do. I feel like I would just get so choked up. Like I, I don't know if I'd survive a, a demonic possession. Knock on wood's never happened. Hopefully never will. I hope I don't ever have to test that theory out. But that kind of seems horrifying. So anyway, third and final experience. My last experience with this demon or evil spirit. This was several months ago. My family um, and I were starting to pack things up because we got a new place to live in. And again, I was home alone for about several minutes, maybe an hour's tops. And I was taking a break from packing things up. I was sitting down in my chair relaxing and I heard a scratching noise on my parents' room door and I got really scared and I just started saying no because I didn't want to deal with the spirit again. I thought you thought it wasn't going to come back. Well, hopefully, I would love a I would love to know some follow-up information on if this experience has carried out into the new place because maybe it's following you, but hopefully it's not. I mean, hopefully hopefully it's completely gone from the house, but if it's not, hopefully it's still just staying in one area and not moving around with you because that would just be life-ruining, right? So, this is okay. This story that I have is called, I feel like I'm cursed or something. All right. Let's see why you're cursed. Ever since I was 12, I've been experiencing strange happenings in my house. I remember my first encounter. I was watching TV in the living room. My mom was having a night out with her friends, so I was home alone. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And when I looked, I saw some kind of mannequin head that looked similar to Shea St. John quickly with um, pull its head back. What? <laughs> so saw something that looked like Shay St. John. I don't know who that is. And it quickly pulled its head back. 
All right, that's weird as hell. At first, I thought it was just my eyes playing tricks on me, but my dog was sitting next to me, and he got up and started growling. Always trust your dogs. I ran outside to my porch and waited for my mom to come home. My second experience was about a month later. It was at night, and I was in bed, and suddenly my bed started slightly shaking. Again, I thought it was just myself freaking myself out, but then I heard a voice quietly and softly say, I put the covers over my head and basically tried to force myself to sleep, but I was so sweaty and my heart was beating so fast that I couldn't. I was wide awake until morning and I couldn't stay awake in school. After that, every now and then I would have the feeling of being watched, heard noises in the basement, I'd find things out of place, and occasionally I would wake up in the middle of the night and hear someone talking. My third experience was when I was 14. I was walking home from a friend's house at about 7.30 or so. It was after fall, so it was dark. And I saw someone in a tuxedo smiling and staring at me. They wouldn't stop staring, so I asked if I could help them. They didn't respond after I asked them a few things, and they just stood there staring. After that, I told them to fuck off. (laughs) I liked this person and started walking. But after walking about 10 steps or so, they started following me, and every time I stopped, they stopped. Mm. Mm. This ain't right, chief. I just ran all the way home and locked the door. I'm 15 now, and I had my fourth experience. I was home alone, and I heard someone break in the kitchen, and I heard someone giggling. I was too scared to see what it was, so I shut my door and stayed in my room. I called my friend, told him what was happening, and asked if I could stay at his place, and he was tripping on shrooms or some shit, so he was just laughing at me. I then offered him a place to stay at my place in exchange for hits of my, off my dad pen, but he was in another world, so I hung up and just kept the door locked for the rest of the night. <laughs> 15-year-olds are doing shrooms? What? I'm, I guess I wasn't a cool 15-year-old. I've never done that. I guess I guess I just wasn't living like these 15-year-olds now, you know? But um, I don't think you're cursed. I don't think you're cursed at all. I do think that there's paranormal activity in your house, and maybe you need to sage the house, say a couple prayers, or like whatever religion you practice, maybe that includes saying a couple prayers, some holy water. Um, but I would talk to whoever lives in your house, see if they've had experiences similar to you. And maybe there's something that you guys can do together. But because I feel like in those situations, families always are stronger than, than the negative spirits that reside in that house. You know, if you can come together and you guys can be confident and be there for one another, I feel like love always conquers. I know that sounds so cliche and corny when I say it out loud, But having family be there for one another, even if they're not experiencing something that you may be, if she, if your mom, say if you just live with your mom, believes in you 100% and wants to make sure you're okay and is confident with, you know, communicating with the spirit that, look, you're scaring my daughter, um, you're scaring me, or son, I'm not sure if this is a girl or boy, um, I don't feel comfortable, please leave this house. If you guys, and you guys say a couple prayers, depending on what your religion is, I feel like you can you can get the spirit out in a peaceful manner for sure. All right. This is the next and final story, which is titled, I think I'm going to put my notice in. <laughs> so for those that don't know, put my notice in, that pretty much means like my two weeks notice for a job, they want to quit. Please do forgive me, but my blood is pumping and I'm looking for, I don't know, advice, maybe someone to tell. I work at a hospital in the small town of Salem. Oh, 
Throughout most of my time there, I have heard little footsteps and little creaks as if someone was walking on the floor. Today, though, I actually saw a figure. The hospital still has the old part, as we call it, that has made in the time that was made in the time of the 1900s. Every so often, you have to go pull trash from all levels of the old part. The hallways are, best I can describe, a T-shape. I was at the bottom and had gotten to the point where I can go left or right. I looked left to see someone poking their head out. Due to the third level being much older, the floor had a tendency to creak. So when you walked on it, so I assumed it was one of the directors or assistants looking out to see what the noise was. I didn't think anything of it, so I went right down to the end of the hall to grab the trash and proceeded to walk past the middle of the hallway. And as I got there, I tossed down the trash, looked up, and had seen the figure was still poking its head out from one of the rooms. Okay. As I started to walk down that way, because there was trash down there, I got much closer to the figure and I started to realize that this was no director or anything. This figure had no facial features to it. It was nothing but pure black in the shape of a head. And it should also be added that it was around five today. So the sun was still up and it was really sunny. So it threw me off a little bit, but that I couldn't make out any facial features in the sunlight. I got within, I'd say, 10 feet of the figure and hit, and it ducked back into one of the offices. So I went to the room, knocked on the door, the, looked in, and there was absolutely no one in there except for a couple desks and some chairs. Ugh. That's, oh my God. Like, imagine you're just looking, oh, it was just the director of some sort of department, blah, blah, blah. Get closer, get closer to it. You still see it staring at you. Get closer to say hi and... Wait, it has no eyes, it has no nose, it has no mouth. You get closer, like 10 feet is not far at all. Ducks its head back in to the room. You go in and there's absolutely nothing there. That is traumatic. So for the rest of the night, it was calling me um, to mail out no issues whatsoever. But as I got to the elevators to go up to the first floor to get across the bridge, I heard a whisper. It's hard to describe how to put this, but I could tell it was speaking to me directly, but I couldn't make out the words. I turned around to see the black figure I saw there looking at me for several minutes. Unsure what to do or think or say, I walked towards it and it ducked back behind the damn counter. So I walked up to where it was and down a 10-foot hallway. It was around another corner, so I ran to that corner, and as you turn right there is about a 50-foot hallway before the next corner, and as I got to that corner, the black figure was at the other end of the hallway poking its head out. This fucking figure is fucking with you, dude, or female. I'm sorry. Whoever you are, this figure is fucking with you right now. I sat there frozen. I'm sure... I'm sure trying to figure out how it ran 50 feet before I can run 10 feet. Eventually, it had moved to wherever it was and behind the counter. So I went to security to a guy named Ted, where there is usually several camera angles looking at where I was. I told them to replay the footage and... What annoys me most is the fact it only shows me running around, but does not show the black figure I was running for. Oh my God. So this person is going through all the shit and then is like, all right, 
I'm going to prove I'm not crazy. I'm going to go to Ted, who is a part of security. There has to be video evidence of this so we can see what I'm running to. And then they pull out the cameras and you can only see this person running like a crazy person at nothing. This person continues, I am beginning to question if I am seeing things hallucinating or if I'm actually seeing something. I'm completely unsure. What do you think right now? Oh, well, this story was just posted a couple hours ago. So I feel, you know, it's, it's hard to say because right now, especially in hospital, times are a little crazy. People are working long hours and I actually, you know, I haven't said this before in one of these episodes, so I'm going to take the time to do it now. Thank you to everyone that has been putting in the time at these hospitals, at any medical, at, medi- at any medical professional's office, anything. Um, EMTs, first responders, everyone that has been helping try to end this pandemic, you guys are the real heroes. Um, everyone that's been playing a role. Um, so... I'm assuming you're working long hours, you're stressed. It could be hallucination. But to see it twice and see the same exact thing at different parts of your shift, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one. I, I want to say for your sake, it's you hallucinating and maybe lack of sleep. Because I feel like it's a little easier to say it's just you hallucinating, but there is a good possibility too that it could be a spirit that's residing in that old part of the hospital. You know, hospitals do have a lot of deaths that happen every day, and some people die in hospitals and they don't have family that could have went to see them, or they didn't, you know, they may have died and they didn't know they died, or there's something that they need to have completed before they can cross onto the other side. You don't know. So that's how I'm going to end this episode of Just Ghouly Things. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Quarantine Spooky Story special. Um, let's go through all the social media, shall we? Our Instagram page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. My personal Instagram, Rebecca Ruber. Our Facebook page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our Facebook private group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Our Patreon, donate to us, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. We have a bunch of different tiers. Check them out. Um, If you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share with us, email us at JustGhoulyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any stories that you'd like to submit, even if they're not your own that you found that you would like to have part um, of the quarantine spooky story special, email it to us at JustGhoulyThingsPodcast at gmail.com, or you could send us links uh, through our DMs. We always check our DMs every day. Um, Again, you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you boo tomorrow. Goodbye.